Good morning again. Glad you're here. And we are, our last week, I think Claire already said this, um, the last week of our King for the Day series, talking about different kings uh, in the Old Testament. If you were here last week, or if you missed last week, I will say, you really missed, you missed King Ahab. Ahab the Arab, the king of the burning sands. You missed it. And um, if you think I'm being irreverent, you need to go Google Ahab the Arab and listen to one of the great cultural songs of the 1960s, which will bring you up with me and my generation. But um, Ahab was the king of the northern part of what they called, they called it Israel at the time. And about the time he was both ascending to power, there was another guy who was just toward the end of his reign, and he was the king of what we call the southern kingdom, Judah. His name was Asa. So we, we talked about different kings, and it's, it's kind of funny. We, there's really, there really weren't that many good kings during that time. Um, the best king probably was Josiah, and uh, Clay had that a few weeks ago. He got the best. We, we, you know, we did a little roll of the dice, and he gets the good king. I get all the losers. You know, that's the way it works. I mean, that's, somebody said, well, that's pretty much the way it should be. And I said, yeah, pretty much. But... Uh, I tell you, King Asa was a good king in many ways. Ahab last week, he's just a loser. He and Jezebel, and all, we learned a lot about them and, and lessons for us from them. But today we're talking about, isn't this typical of me? I open my notes and what do I have? That's my fantasy football team right there, okay? <laughs> it was bad, I tell, you, I tell you. A side note, okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Last night I picked up, I, I, last thing I do before I, before I go to bed on Saturday, Sunday night, Saturday night, I look at my fantasy football team real quick, through with everything, I just make my picks real quick and set my line, it takes about 10 minutes, and, um, and I saw, and I looked at the wire, and I said, Adrian Peterson, I said, Adrian Peterson's free? If you know anything about football, he's like number one, you know, number one running back in the NFL. And I picked up Adrian Peterson, I thought, put him down, and I'm starting it, and then I sent out an email, blast all the guys in my league, I'm kicking your butt tomorrow, I now have Adrian Peterson. I get here this morning, and a guy says, did you know there are two Adrian Petersons? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the good one. <laughs> anyway, I, I divert, I, I'm, I, I, yeah, let me get back to the subject at hand here. That really is a subject to hand, because we're talking about pride, aren't we? And that's a little, a little display of that. Um, King Asa, um, well, it's really a study of, 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 of well, the, the title, the power, the power of, of, of pressure. It's really a study of pressure and, and ego and, and, and trusting God and not and, and all, all the above. And uh, the video was really good. It really depicts what we're talking about. You know, and, and it wasn't so much it wasn't so much power and pretty girls for him as it was this guy, but it was it was other things. It was people's approval and so forth. And uh, and I want to take you and just get you right into this story, um, because he was a good king for a while. And and here's the thing about him: um, he was um, his dad was corrupt and ugly, just nasty, nasty king. He died at the age, his father died at the age of around 56, according to most scholars. But even at that time, that's still pretty, pretty young. And so Asa became the king, and we don't know exactly how old he was, but it was somewhere in his teens. And because of that, he, had the, the, he was under the tutelage of the high priest. 
which means he had a much more positive influence than he would have had his dad lived, and he lived under the influence of his father, who was just one corrupt rascal, okay? So, he's a young king, and, and look what, let me just kind of show you, give you a little nutshell here as to what's going on with this guy. Uh, this is in chapter 14 of Second Chronicles. Asa did what was pleasing and good in the sight of the Lord his God. He removed the foreign altars and the pagan shrines. He smashed the sacred pillars, cut down the Asherah poles. He commanded the people of Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, to obey his laws and his commands. Asa also removed the pagan shrines as well as the incense altars from every one of Judah's towns. So Asa's kingdom enjoyed a period of peace. He's doing well. By the way, and I said this, we have new people every Sunday, so I have to repeat myself a little bit on this. Please don't think whenever you see God telling people to tear down these Asherah poles and these foreign, uh, these foreign, these idols and all that, please don't think it's just some sort of innocuous I mean, two people, the two big losers for idol worship in the Old Testament, two big losers, children and women. You're going to be brutalized or sacrificed or worse. And and, and that's why God hated it. So don't look at this stuff and just say, oh, geez, it was horrible. That's why God said, get rid of that crap. That has no place, sorry. That has no place, uh, that has no place here. So, I mean, it was some seriously nasty stuff. Asa comes in and says, let's get rid of this stuff. This is just wrong. And he does that. And then, and then another story from Asa's life, 2 Chronicles chapter 14, there's this Ethiopian, verse 9. Once an Ethiopian named Zerah attacked Judah with an army of, look at this, one million men and 300 chariots. Gee, how many guys is that on each chariot, huh? No, no, just kidding. Um, they, <laughs> they all didn't get on a chariot. Um, they advanced to the town of, of, of Marishah, or Marrakesh. You know, it's Marrakesh Express. Nah, I didn't remember. Um, just can't keep up with me, can you? Just can't keep up with me. No, kidding. That's a, that was a song back in the day, and it's not the same place. Anyway, they advanced to the town of Marishah. So Asa deployed his armies for battle in the valley north of Marishah. Now watch what he does. Watch this. This is, this is key. Then Asa cried out to the Lord his God, O oh Lord, no one but you can help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O oh Lord God. If we trust in you alone, it is in your name that we've come against this vast horde. O oh Lord, you are our God. Don't let mere men prevail against you. He's outnumbered at least two to one. The, 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 in the area of warfare, they've just got all the... All the quote-unquote, advanced stuff that he didn't have. And he says, God, I got nowhere to turn but you. We need your help. They win. They, they, not, they, they, they win over these idol worshipers, and, uh, and uh, it's amazing. They have a the great victory. And then watch what happens in the next chapter, chapter 15. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah. He's the son of Obad. He's Odab. He's the, uh, he's the prophet, preacher, Old Testament preacher. And he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning from the battle. Listen to me, Asa. He shouted, listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin, the Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. God's rewarded you. Stick with God, basically. Stay with God. Stay stay obedient to him. Verse 8, when Asa heard this message from Azariah, the prophet he took courage and he removed all, he, went, he goes further, he removed all the detestable idols from the land of Judah 
and Benjamin, and in the towns he had captured in the hill country of Ephraim. He repaired the altar of the Lord, which stood in front of the entry room to the Lord's temple. Then Asa called together all the people of Judah and Benjamin, along with the people of Ephraim and Manasseh and Simeon, who had settled among them. For many from Israel had moved to Judah. During Asa's reign, they saw that the Lord God was with him. They were, I mean, he's making his country such an attractive place. People are moving there. I mean, think about that. I mean, you know, they got low capital gain taxes. It's, 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 it's what they, <laughs> kidding. Um, they're doing stuff where people are like, this is great. This is where I want to live. It's, and here was the big thing. They, uh, he, he protected them, <laughs> protected the borders. <laughs> oh, that's a phrase you haven't heard in a long time, isn't it? Um, and some things never change, do they? Some things never change throughout generation upon generation. He protected the borders from the people coming in to wipe them out. And, uh, just an, and, and they said, this is a safe place for me and my family to be. So they're moving there. And look what they do. They gathered at Jerusalem in late spring during the 15th year of Asa's reign. Verse 11. Now we go to chapter 15, verse 11. On that day, this is like an Old Testament. Do you hear something? Uh, we're hearing music come out of here. Uh, guys, could you get somebody up there to do that? Josh, somebody? Back there? All right. Anyway. Did it stop? It stopped. Never mind, it stopped. Okay. I don't know what that was. Okay, where was I? Gee whiz, that was distracting. Here we go. Back to chapter, back to Second Chronicles 15, verse 11. On that day, they sacrificed to the Lord 700 cattle. This is just an Old Testament worship service right here, okay? 7,000 sheep, goats from the plunder they had taken in the battle. Then they entered into a covenant to see... Watch this right here. Don't miss this. Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with, look, all their heart and soul. They just have an old-fashioned revival service right there, basically. Just kind of a, kind of a, the first, uh, you know, kind of like a, the, the, the great, you know, awakening right there. It's great. Okay. If we had music still playing, I would get it to play now. Da-da-da-dum. You know, here we go. Next chapter. I don't know what happens. 36 years. 36 years. This guy has trusted God. I mean, he's, laid, he's gone against tremendous odds with his army and, 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 and against, against brutalizing primitive nomadic fighting people in other countries and so forth. In the 36th year of Asa's reign, King Basha of Israel, that's to the north, invaded Judah, fortified Ramah in, the order, to, in order to prevent anyone from, from entering or leaving King Asa's territory in Judah. Here's what's happened here. They've taken over a, this is, never mind the city's name, and all that, just let me give you the geography. I, I care about this stuff, but I'll just give you the, the, the highlights on this. This is a key area that has the crossroads of going north and east and west, north and south, east and west. This is a key strategic area. By this guy from the north coming in and taking he has basically immobilized all of, all of Asa's kingdom. People won't be able to come and go. They won't be able to trade. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just basically put them under siege. You can't have that. So what's Asa going to do? Well, verse 2, Asa responded, by removing the silver and the gold from the treasuries of the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, and he sent it to King Ben-Hadad. This is a different king in a different country who was ruling in Damascus. Along, Here's the message he sent. 
Let there be a treaty between you and me like the one between your father and my father. See, I am sending you silver and gold, slash a bribe. Break your treaty with King Basha. That's the guy that's controlling his, his borders. Break your treaty with him so, they, so he'll leave me alone. Ben-Hadad agreed to King Asa's request. I mean, is that bad? Well, first of all, you're not supposed to be in a treaty with this guy because it's just a pagan country. And they worship idols and all the other stuff. The second part is, what happened to trusting God? What happened? 36 years, people, 36 years he's trusting God. 36 years. And now, okay, uh, i got to figure out a better way. I'm going to do this, do this, and I'm going to bribe him to go take him out. Oh, it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Next verse, the preacher, the prophet, comes on the scene, a different one. Verse 7, at that time, Hanani, the seer or prophet, came to King Asa and told him, because you put your trust in the king of Aram instead of in the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and the Libyans and their vast army with all their chariots and charioteers, their million men and their 300 chariots? Remember that? Remember that you're outnumbered two to one? Remember that? And, and God gave you victory over them? Remember that? Huh? What, what, what are you thinking, king? He probably said it just like that, too. Um, he said, at that time, at that time, you relied on the Lord and he handed them over to you. What happened, King Asa? Look at the next words that he says. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What a fool you have been. From now on, you will be at war. What happened? Asa became, verse 10, Asa became so angry with Hanai for saying this that he threw him into prison and put him in stocks. At that time, Asa also began to oppress some of his people. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a, watch this, he developed a serious foot disease. Yet even with the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only to his physicians. So he died in the 41st year of his reign, probably in his 50s. You say, there's nothing wrong with seeking doctor's care, and that's not what the Bible's saying here. He says, he did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only to his physicians. I believe in physicians, and I believe in medicine, and I believe in better living through chemistry and all the other sort of stuff. But you, you also pray, God help me. Help, help me find the right doctor. Help the doctor to know what to do. Help, help the, use, the, use, the, use the prescription or the medicine to help me heal, or, or just heal me supernaturally, God, whatever, whatever you want to do. He did, he did none of that. And what was a great life... For 36 years, turned into just an okay life for the next five to six years. Some of my takeaways from King Ace's life, there, there are a lot of them. I'm going to just sort of generalize and categorize them into three basic things. The first one is this. Remember that where he, his, his, uh, his prophet comes and talks to him and he didn't like what he had to say, so he threw him in prison? First, first thing we're going to take away from King Ace's life Value friends who confront you with hard truth. I mean, I've felt before, like I have a friend come to you, and might be a friend, might be a close friend, might be your husband, might be your wife, oftentimes the one that will, will deliver the hard message. You're not as great as you think you are, you know. 
It's always hard to hear. Needed, but always hard. Man, I felt like throwing her in prison a couple of times. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how many times she's felt like throwing me in prison. But you know, you don't do that. You listen. Now, when I'm the one doing the speaking, whether it be my, my wife or my family or my friends, I need to be careful to be loving and to be, to be direct but, but gentle. But we need people in our lives who will deliver the hard message. And we don't need to just exile them out, which is so often our tendency. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it either. But we need that. And that's what Asa did. I mean, Asa said, I don't want to hear that, so go, go to prison, get in stocks. I don't want to hear that. Always wanted to, never had this, but I always wanted to have a posse. Ever want a posse? You have guys and a few girls kind of walk around with you everywhere and laugh at all your jokes and, and, and just kind of, yeah, Rich, you're great, man, you're great. And uh, never have had one. I always wanted one. I never have had one. And, and, and it would just, you'd be part of my posse, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah you would. Earl, 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 Earl would be there. With uh, but you know what? And you've seen it over and over and over again in many different places. We don't need people to tell us how great we are. Nice to be encouraged. Nice to be encouraged. But we need people to say, hey, you're not as great as you think you are, and you really need to depend on God. That's what I need. I need to be reminded of that every day. And so do you. We need people in our lives who will do that. Doesn't take very many, just a few. And maybe it's a relationship of a telephone because we can't see each other all the time or, or emails or text or whatever, but we need that. Now, value those friends who confront you with the hard truths. That may be our husband or wife, but a good close friend as well. We need people like that. Number two, this, this second thing that I take away from Ace's life is, this is personal to me, um, because it's where I'm living right now, and have been, I've been living here for the last year or so. Um, the point is this, be determined to finish strong. Some of you may not know this if you're new here, I celebrated my 60th birthday this year, and I know what some of you are thinking, are you kidding me? You, he doesn't look 60 years old. <laughs> I know some of you are thinking that. I know. It's true. Um, and, and I've been criticized a little bit. I said something to Clay the other day. I said, hey, man, he said something about his concussion, which he had, I don't know, two years ago. And I said something about, I said, I said how, how, long, how long are you going to milk this, conf- this, this concussion, dude? And he said, how long are you going to milk your birthday? I said, ah, oh, fair enough, okay, you know. It was about a six-month celebration, actually, and I enjoyed it. It's the last one we're going to celebrate. Um, but, um, but in all seriousness... You get to that period of life, and you realize you've got less years to live than what you've already lived. And you read something like King Asa, who for 36 years did it the right way, and then boom, something happened. And I, I, it makes me determined. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. I want to finish strong. I want to finish strong. And the only way to do that is with the humility of coming before God, pretty regularly. Help me to know myself and help me to know you, God. And help me to live in a way that's going to honor you and going to honor others. You know, a past record of success doesn't guarantee the present or the future. It's nice to draw on, 
but it doesn't guarantee anything. We got to be vigilant. You know, he, here, Asa was getting tremendous pressure to compromise. And maybe it was just, just to please people. I don't know. But he changed. And we have to be really determined on that. And, and, and we have to be ever, ever, ever vigilant. I have a friend, CFO type. Um, been really good. Kind of like Asa. Real, I mean, just I've known him for a long time. And, Done a lot of the right things with his life. Um, somebody asked him to sign a paper uh, as a CFO. Uh, that wasn't true. It's almost true, but it wasn't true. Never, never done anything like that in his life. Had tremendous pressure, and he did. He told me about it after the fact. And wouldn't you know, that's the one deal that the SEC got involved in, Securities Exchange Commission. And uh, they said, is this your signature? He said, yeah. Do you know that document's not true? He said, yeah. Why did you sign it? He did the right thing. He said, I signed it. You know, and they didn't send him away for very long, and it wasn't Rikers Island, but... It's still what it is. One time, one time, just, just let his guard down for one minute, a lot of pressure. And he told me the pressure, privately told me the pressure, of, 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 and he didn't want to try to make any excuses. And that's why I love him. He just, his, 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 his big boss, just pushing him hard. And you, some of you know exactly what we're talking about. And he just one time. You know, and, that's, it's, and we, that's why we have to be vigilant. Now, thank God, when we talk about finishing strong, it, it doesn't mean that we screw up once. Oh, gosh, we're dead. It's kind of like playing golf, you know. If you're not a golfer, you can still understand this. You knock it way over to the right in the, in the woods. What do you do? You pull out a seven iron, you knock it back in the fairway, you take the punishment, you take your medicine, and you move on. You know, it's the same thing in life. That's why, that's why I love golf. It's like life, you know. You just accept in golf, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Life, it does. Although you feel like it sometimes. Um, it's, it's the same thing. that you, you, you finish strong. You just say, God, give me the power and the ability and the insight to, to be vigilant, not to make those little compromises that, that bow to pressure of all kinds. Help me not to do that. Be determined to finish strong. It takes a great deal of thinking, a great deal of listening, a great deal of humility, and a lot of prayer. But be determined to finish strong, whatever age you are, whatever age you are. Last thing is, is it just as, I just got to do the last one. We just got to talk about it just for a minute. God pursues you if you have the right heart. We're always worried about how do I get God on my side? Hey, I know how to get God, not just on my side, but looking for me to help me. This, I'm going to show this, you this verse in the way that I memorized it years ago, which is the New American Standard Bible, because it's very descriptive to me, and I, I'll show it to you. Second Chronicles 16.9, that we read it earlier. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. I have always pictured, and I've memorized this many, many years ago, I've always had this picture in my mind of God just kind of going like this, as he can do with the earth, and he just says, oh, there's Rich. Oh, his heart's right for, for, for once. His heart's right, and, and I want to I go help him. 
There's old so-and-so. Oh, their heart's right. Let me go help them. He's looking for that. We don't have to beg for it. We don't have to ask for it. He's looking for that. How do I get a heart that's right? Well, that's the funny thing about this. We have to depend on God to do that. That takes prayer and just humility and asking God to, to be real to me and, and continuing to pursue God. It's a process. As we continue to ask God to, to work in our heart and in our lives. Be to, you know, value those friends who confront you with the hard truth. Be determined to finish strong. And don't, and don't forget, God pursues you as you have the right heart. Only God can give us the right heart. I want to pray for that right now for us. As I'm praying, I'm going to ask the band to come up and play a song, that, that um, do a song that I think will really help kind of cement this message into your mind and heart, talking about all these things, all these pressures that come, and we want to go everywhere else, but the one place we need to go is Christ. And pray with me, would you? Lord God, we are grateful for the opportunity that we have to trust you. We thank you, Lord, that you came and lived and suffered and died and you rose again. And you did that to give us an ability to have a relationship with our creator, our God. We thank you for Jesus, who's there for us, whatever might be going on in our lives through the storms of life when we feel like we're engulfed with pressure that we can't get out of, you're there. Help us never to forget that. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.